Are you ready for some nosy bitches? Because this is about to get explicit. Hey, bitches. Hey, friends. Hey, Carla. Michael. Welcome back. Happy one year. Oh, my God. It's been a year. It has been a year. It has been a year. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because we started out with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And part of it was we were very so interested in that case. But also, it was, a, it was the case that year. Yeah, it was a good opportunity for us to learn, figure out how to do this whole podcasting thing. Yeah. And then really dive into some true crime cases. And right at the one year anniversary, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard had that Netflix documentary came out. Yeah. Which, Have you been watching it? Yes. And I will say that what they did was really good. So they put all the Johnny Depp stuff right up against the Amber Heard stuff. You can see the storyline playing out really he said, she said. And visually like that, which is cool. Yeah, I still feel the same way. Like, I still walked away feeling like I did. They're probably both shitty for each other. Like, sometimes two people who can have successful relationships sometimes are just toxic. We've talked about for all the reasons. I still feel that way. I think it was more evident to me how bad Johnny's addiction and things like that were throughout that time period. And I don't know that I paid as much attention to those moments, but like seeing them played back and forth, um, you know, so all of that to say, it was a really good documentary as far as watching it um, from that perspective. And I felt like they did a really good job. It's an interesting thing because Johnny was never shy about him liking his substances And I think what was kind of brilliant about his defense was exactly that, was they didn't shy away from the uglier parts of his humanity. You and I had multiple discussions over those episodes, which are, by the way, hilarious to go back and listen to. We're we're a little more seasoned at this now. So I feel sympathy for her because, like we concluded at the end of that, no one won in that case. Everyone walked away with broken hearts and probably some broken minds and apparently a broken finger. It is a very good documentary, even if you feel like you know everything about that case. I'll have to check that out. And it was kind of, you know, eerie because it was our one year. So cheers and congratulations. And by the way, to like, I mean, just shy of 10,000 listens. Which was our goal. We have more than 300 followers on our podcast platforms. Y'all... This has been such a cool journey. We're just having fun with this. And it's so neat to have you all along for the ride and to have a bigger conversation about some of these things that we both like. It's just fun. Definitely having the best time ever about it and not taking ourselves super serious, Mm -mm. but also learning a lot and getting to meet some people who are also podcasting has been really cool. It's a very nice community. So thank you for listening now. Thank you for your previous listens. I hope in a year from now... You're all still listening, and um, we're millionaires, and we're <laughs> we're celebrating on our yacht. I don't know about that, but I do know <laughs> we we won't reveal all of it yet. But we do have some some fun changes coming in this next year, yes. and we have some some intentions to bring you some cool cases along the way. So stick with us. We're so grateful for the journey so far. This next trip around the sun is going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. So this upcoming case, I. 
I am so excited for this one, Carla. Like, I thought I knew about it, and then when you were kind of giving me the rundown, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, I actually don't know how I didn't know about it. So I found this documentary called The Ashley Madison Affair, and I started watching it, and I was like, how did I never, ever hear about this thing? Yeah. I never, ever heard about the website. I knew nothing about it. So that... I remember the website, like maybe I was in high, middle school or high school. I remember it being a big thing in, in the news, but I think I didn't know all of this context. So it's... yeah, <laughs> one of the things that we've done before we did with their nose, we talked about some hacks. So no murder and mayhem, though there could have been murder and mayhem, Yeah, but no ap- apparent murder and mayhem, really talking about a scandal, talking about a company. And I think one of the things that I know that I like the most is definitely some opinions on not only this website, this what they call sin stock, but then also some of the really shady things that they did as a company and then talk about where they are today. I cannot wait to dive into this. Let's do exactly that. Yes. For our one-year anniversary, we are going to take a little bit of a different direction tonight. Let's get away from the murder mayhem, as said, and focus on some true crime or some financial crime. Yeah. So let's talk about a company whose business is both risque and to some actually considered evil. Some people have described them as evil, but the big question has always been, is and was, are they doing something illegal? The moral clause, right? Do we feel that what they're doing is the right thing or is it illegal? Well, sort of. So we're gonna break down the website Ashley Madison, which was used for married seeking married with the sole purpose of having an affair. So website made millions of dollars, but there were some practices and promises legal and then became a huge website hack, which shook the world many marriages. And they survived through the hard times to make it into the 21st century. But there was some illegal activities. There are some true crimes in there. Um, but it's not for what people would think it was. I will say my impression going into it, a glimpse behind the curtain for our listeners, how Carla and I do this is we kind of know the high level of what the other person's going to do, but whoever has the lead hasn't like told the other person completely what's going on. So I'm hearing this the first time right along with you all is in detail, right? My impression going into this, I don't actually have an issue with the morality of it. Like I'm just, I think consenting adults doing other things with other consenting adults, you may poo poo thumb your nose at it, do all of that, but illegal. No. And, and, my big issue with that is like this is not a theocracy like that's not kind of where we land so i'm interested in hearing some of the things that go beyond the moral arguments it feels like so that's so much of what this case was founded on it, for some people like that's how the media portrayed it but for me it is i want to understand some of the practices so i'm excited to hear some of those yes. i'll just tell a little story so a couple of years ago i was in a conference in chicago and i was meeting a friend of mine that I, that I worked with who was actually gay. And him and I take a cab to the steak restaurant. And the cab driver is like, oh, are you guys a couple? And we were like, no. I said, I actually, I'm married. And he's like, oh, so you're having an affair. I said, no, not really. And he's like, <laughs> oh, he said, well, he said, you know, the best person to have an affair with is another married person. He's like, because you both have something to lose. And so when I first heard about this whole, like, Ashley Madison, like. It's kind of brilliant. And I, 
It's not. It's awful yeah, in some ways. I did yeah. I did kind of look over at my friend and was like, should we tell the cab driver or we just yeah. let him, you know, continue to go on? I have lots of thoughts, lots of things to think about here. Okay. Ashley Madison, we're going to start in the early 2000s. For some time warp context, the internet was still new. It wasn't mainstream to have a cell phone. Your dear co-host Carla had just graduated high school. 9-11 had just occurred. Bush Jr. was in office. I was still in high school. Yeah, I was going to say, you said that you were still pretty young. I graduated in 05, so it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. So you I might was, have been in like 8th grade, 8th yeah, grade. I, I was like, I think like a sophomore when this was like a big thing. Maybe freshman, yeah. So Ashley Madison website would be created so that the married person who was interested in having a consensual affair with another married person. They felt like a lot of married people were lying on these single websites and this allowed both parties to be honest and carry on with their affair. And to honestly know what they were getting into. Right. And so it does make me think something that you said like these are two consensual adults. I do think that the other thing though that we still have to consider is there are still two people on the other side of that relationship that are not consenting. So while it is better than like one person lying, you know, saying, oh, I'm single to another single person, like somebody's still lying. Yeah. So like it's still an affair. Um, but yes. Yeah, it's not okay. My whole thing at the beginning was it's not illegal. Right. Yes, right? you were right. Yeah. The website launched in 2002. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So so I was a sophomore. Yeah. And it was created by Darren Morgenstern. So the website's slogan, <laughs> life's short, have an affair. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was that blazing. Yeah. Life's short. Oh, uh, their marketing moves were spectacular. Well, I even remember some of the imagery, like it would be a, a curvy silhouette of a woman. Like all of it was very suggestive and very much embracing that brand. So that doesn't surprise me. At the time, Darren was a happily married man, but often referred to as the king of infidelity. Just an interesting aside about Darren Morgan Stern. Later, he would be the marketing director for a company in Toronto. And all of these, this company, Ashley Madison, they're based out of Toronto. This company had a weight loss grant. And the idea was that you would pay $2,000. And if you hit your goal weight, then you would get back 80% of this back. It's supposed to like help motivate you to lose this weight. So that you can get the money back. So that you can get the money back. Obviously, you'd still lose some, but but that's okay. In the meantime, too, you know, the clinics would offer some, some free advice and things like that. So it's still worth it. And of course, if you didn't lose it, you would lose all of your money and you wouldn't get any of it back. I actually kind of like that model. Like it gives yeah. you a real, you're going to lose something if you don't do this. We've done know? some like biggest losers, like pots or yeah. things like that where everyone's putting in, not $2,000, but we're putting in like $100 or something like that. And it's funny is I do think that $2,000 is probably a good amount of money to put aside. Like it's enough to lose. Yes. Right? So like maybe it's not It's enough to hurt. Right. It won't cripple you, but it's right. enough to it's hurt. It's enough to hurt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you would work with health clinics that would certify your weigh-ins and progression. Um, people who had lost the weight would say that the company never paid them back. And they would publicly call the company a scam. Morgan Stern would have to go on the defensive and swear he wasn't a scammer. And the Better Business Bureau would actually give his company an F. 
the founder of Ashley Madison definitely continued to have some internet snafus. Interesting. Yeah. So the, was this before or after Ashley this Madison? This is after so, Ashley Madison. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So he tried another venture afterward. Yeah. Interesting. And it's funny because he's actually not even the face that later becomes Ashley Madison. He's just part of the, you know, the, the founder and then originally launches it. Okay. So back to Ashley Madison. The website was created was actually to be marketed towards women. Smart. Which is why they named it Ashley Madison, which were two very popular baby names in 2002. Let me just laugh, though, for a second. They say that they are marketing this towards women, which is completely laughable because definitely like their board of directors is full of men. And I'm not sure in a single marketing thing that they did would believe you like I don't know where women were at like it definitely was marketed towards men there was a part of me as you were saying that that was like I actually kind of appreciate that that they're marketing towards men as women because I think sometimes in society we forget that women have like sexual desire right (laughs) you know just like men do it's not it's not one-sided and then I immediately was like, wasn't this a male-dominated company, though? It feels like the way they marketed it, from what I remember, feels like it would only convey to a really successful female executive or something. One of their commercials is literally a man and his wife asleep in bed at night. And she's, like, snoring, but he, like, gets up and he, like, it, it's, like, a joke about the one-night stand sucks when you have to have it over and over again. And really, like, plays the monotony of this wife that you have to deal with. And what part of that marketing scheme is applied to at women? Yeah. Like, your slogan originally, life is sure, have an affair. There's definitely ways that you could have marketed towards women who were comfortable with this and wanted this. Because it almost feels edgy, like a Victoria's Secret kind of thing, right? Like, right. you know. But yeah. But then I remember seeing some of these ads and being like, you saying that they're claiming to be women driven? Okay, yeah. I guess. The only thing that is actual true that it was towards women is yeah. women didn't have to pay to join where men had to pay a charge to join. But bars have been doing that for 20 years. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's towards women. Sure. It just means... The woman doesn't have to pay for it. Anyways, just had to laugh about that with their full board of men. But we're for women, we promise. In their first year, they claim they went from 60,000 to 500,000 or more members. And they even had an option that they called it full delete. For 1999, you could, if you decided to stop, you could pay to have all your information deleted off the servers. They charged it under a different company. They definitely were trying to be very discreet in the way that they were marketing their stuff. So they were they were pushing this. You can do this full delete. In 2007, they've been on board for about five years. Ashley Madison gets a bright, new, shiny CEO, Noel Biederman. He was just the shock and awe to help bring Ashley Madison to the forefront of every conversation. A little bit about Biederman. He was born in 1971 and a native to Toronto. He did go to college in California. He majored in economics. He then went to law school back in Toronto and graduated in 1989. So he's got an economics degree. He's now been to law school. He has an experience as a lawyer. He also has experience as a sport agent. He would hold a few general manager positions, director positions before becoming the head of production management at Jump TV. 
So after that, he joins Ashley Madison. I mean, a good rap sheet for whatever it's yeah, worth. I mean, that's good experience. I mean, he's a lawyer. He's yeah. a sports agent. Yeah. He's been a QC. I'm he's so not CEOs, yeah. but he's been head of things. He has an entertainment background. Yeah. Um. So he is married. He's married to Amanda Biederman. When he comes on, he takes the media by the horns. And he starts appearing anywhere that would have him. So The View, 60 Minutes, Howard Stern. He becomes coined as the most hated man on the internet. What was this, some of his skew? Did, did you watch any footage of him or like you read any transcripts? Like what was what was his shtick when he would go on these? So he really was just talking about that he didn't create affairs. Like he was just trying to, you know, he was trying. These things happen already. Right. He's just trying to bring it together in a place that could happen and obviously profit off of it. But I think for them is that they were fine with Ashley Madison just kind of being in the background, right? Yeah. It's a it's a dating site that's out there, but we're not going to advertise it and do that kind of thing. So because he's on all of these big public platforms and he's advertising his company and he doesn't care about how he's advertising it too. So they make some really kind of decisive, I'll, I'll share a few examples, very extreme and provocative too. And so people are calling him like a virtual drug dealer. So they're like, listen, like you could be a drug dealer and you could make money, but like, does that make it okay? Except for drugs in the United States are illegal. Having sex with another consenting adult is not illegal. Right. They called him a pimp, um, disgusting, evil, Ugh. all sorts of things. I and, get it, but I don't. Yeah. And he consistently said that like this didn't bother him and that while the media didn't like him, the viewers needed him. That was his whole thing. You may not like me, but your viewers they like me and they need this type of company. Well, and by the way, they're clearly watching. Otherwise, you wouldn't be bringing him onto all these programs. He right. must be stoking ratings. He would talk about how he was a marriage counselor, that he was, in fact, saving some marriages and helping them out. Like, he really was a PR mastermind when it came to this kind of stuff. He just didn't care. He would go anywhere. I mean, The View full of people who have lots of opinions that would be very against something yeah. like this but and you go on there like a boss yeah he was like listen i'm i'm totally fine with this here's a perfect example for pr 2008 they shared that they had 1.8 million members elliot spitzer comes out this year and has to publicly apologize for his affairs so for those of you who don't know who elliot spitzer was he was the New York governor, and his whole campaign was to crack down on crime and corruption. And there was a lot in the New York office. I actually loved him. There's a great documentary on this whole thing. Well, he was actually well on his way to really taking down some corrupt players and had taken down some corrupt players when it came out that he was paying for sex, even though he was married, even though he ran on a platform of family values. Ashley Madison takes out a page in the New York Post, a letter to Spitzer, and says, you should have used Ashley Madison. Holy shit. Yeah. You're talking about fucking PR genius. Oh, my God. I I, I kind of want to fist bump the, the, the person <laughs> that decided to do that. It was like, guys, I have an idea. I was like, poor <laughs> Elliot Spitzer. Let's write an Spitzer. open letter. Well, because you know, more modernly, that would have been like an Anthony Weiner or something, oh, right? Like, yes. you know, but it's you the know, same every, thing. Yeah, every <laughs> single person, and I'll name a few others, that there was definitely some like, every time oh somebody did something, it really became like their thing. They'd have these extreme, very provocative commercials, really for that shock and awe. 
And the they more extreme, were provocative. yes, the more extreme, the better. And they actually joked that if it got taken down, like that was a win for them. It did not even have to stay up so that they would push a, a commercial out. And if for some reason it got taken down, like they were proud of that. They were like, yes, we did a good job. That's part of that brazen approach, though. Again, kind of mad respect for that, actually. These companies are dictated by public policy. So our our own laws have said this is okay. So, like, why not just go in the face of it? Why are we pretending? And I, I don't know. I rail against this. You and I have conversations about this all yes. the time. I hate how sometimes our society tries to pretend that sex isn't a thing. Right. Like, no one does it. We're all just Puritans. We all just sit around fully clothed. I go to bed in a girdle. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> yes. And some sort of chastity belt like every night. I don't know about you, but that's what I do. There is a part of me that kind of appreciates that shock and awe. Yeah. While I can understand and appreciate even some of the shock and awe that it, it sometimes does feel a little bit like frat boyish. Oh, 100%. You know? um, and, and two, at the same time, like – it really took hits at the monotonous of monogamy. And so it's like, hey, if you're being monogamous, you're le- you're leading this like boring life. And it's like, okay, well, that that's not really true either. Um, and so I think that's always the part that I have is that like, first of all, you're going to do what you want to do regardless. Like re- if you are a person who wants to have an affair, you're going to do it. You're going to find out a way. You're going to, you're going to find a way. But it also like, for those people who are being monogamous, who have chosen to be in a, in a monogamous relationship, that's okay too. Like, do your thing. We're happy for you. I would say to that, well, I mean, sure that this site that isn't attracting people that are true believers. Like, in our modern day, I don't think that Mike Pence is getting on Ashley Madison, right? Like, someone that is very devoted to his wife has taken a personal stance of, I won't be alone in a room with another woman unless there's someone else in there. Right. Like, has taken a very... That's not the kind of person that's logging on to Ashley Madison. Right. I would argue that the people that are logging on to Ashley Madison and at that time are people that were already open to pursuing affairs. Yes. So I think that's, like, for me, what kills the moral argument. Like, you're trying to make this, like, stance again, like it's doing it. And it's like, if you're so weak-minded that this ad is what made you... <laughs> become right. unmonogamous un- and cheat on your wife or husband I, you you have your own shit to deal with right yes. <laughs> it's not ashley madison's fault yeah nope i okay <laughs> I'm, I'm totally see what you're saying so here comes the launch of the iphone and mainstream cell phones really and so part of a problem that ashley madison had is that you still had to use your home computer and again like you're still talking about like the early 2000s like mid 2000s 2007 2008 time frame People definitely have PCs, but it's like in their living room. It's something that both people are using. You might have a private email, um, but outside of it's that- It's like a family computer. It's generally That's a family- That's how we, what we had. Yeah. yeah, me too. And I was married at this time, and I can remember like, oh, my my computer was in my living room. I used it. My husband used it. They really did not have private access. Most of the time, people didn't have multiple computers or you were using your work computer, which is, you know, a whole different problem. And then, of course, you hopefully wouldn't be getting right. Ashley Madison. Yeah. <laughs> so with the launch of the iPhone and really just mainstream cell phone use, now you had access to the internet on your phone and it became much more your personal device and you really could 
use this how you wanted to use it. So you had less like to get caught by using your home computer. And of course, text messages started to become a thing. So in the early 2000s, like no one text because it was extreme charges and time and technology caught up. And a website like Ashley Madison really was perfect for this. It was that perfect storm. So I think I said it earlier, they offered secret billing, secret sign up, and now you can use your phone rather than your home computer. And they really started to brag about all of their policies to protect their customers and their customers' information. They definitely wanted to make sure that this website was being used and keeping all of their information very private. Sure. And I mean, again, Ashley Madison was advertising it. You were paying extra sometimes to have these built-in securities for it. Even when you said like that they offered at the beginning this idea of the full delete, I and I'll be interested to see where this comes up later. I'm like, I don't believe in that. Right. Like what we know in the internet age is that nothing ever goes away. Nothing's ever deleted. Once it's online, it is online somewhere, likely forever. Right. So I And my, I'm just gonna tell you my you, my ears pricked up. Yeah. You have for some sure. girlfriends, so you know. Like there is nothing more motivating than one of us trying to figure out something. So, like, trust and believe that there is not something in this world that would keep us from a motivated woman trying to catch somebody in something. Yes. So, we would have found it. While Ashley Madison is saying that their company is super secure, employees are starting to say that things just were not that secure. Noel would continue to do marketing and PR for Ashley Madison, like, year after year. And now his wife would would join the conversations. So they would talk a lot about open communication and how it's a business and separate from their life. And they would talk a lot about their monogamy and that they have very open communication. There's actually like many, many conversations that they have that you can find the transcripts for where they say like, I would never do this. I would never appreciate if she did this because we have that type of relationship where we can and we are choosing to be monogamous. So it was kind of interesting that she would show up and start kind of being on this PR tour with him. 2009, we're now up to 2.7 million members in three areas. Jeez. Yeah, and now they're wanting to expand into the Asian market. They launch first into South Korea, and they see this huge boom. But adultery is actually illegal in South Korea. When we talk about like the legal aspects of it. Some countries. Some countries, it is illegal. Also, some jobs like the military, for example, adultery is illegal in the military. Yeah. You can be, you know, tried for it. I don't know that. I don't know how Would often it is. Would they ever dismiss is. you though? I don't know. I think they probably use it as an excuse to do it, but definitely they could. But yeah, South Korea, it's actually illegal. After a few weeks, the website is shut down and of course, they end up in court. They go to court, and a few weeks after that, like, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, the law is repealed, and Ashley Madison returns to the internet in South Korea. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they're starting to see this huge boom across Asia. It's interesting because I think you think of, like, Kabuki, you think of some of these other things. Like, there is an Asian market for this because lots of Western men enjoy how exotic 
the look is of Asian women, and I suppose Asian men too. That's fascinating that literally this was such a big deal to them. That takes us up to 2010, and guess who would be the next celebrity that Ashley Madison would market their ads towards? Who? Tiger Woods. Oh my god. They actually tried- Oh my god. Yeah, no, I remember this now. Poor but Tiger holy... Woods. Actually, poor his wife. I was gonna say. It was a pretty big well, scandal. I mean, she, she walked away with a fair yeah. bit of money. I think she's okay. Yeah, she was fine. <laughs> Got she... rid of the, the dead weight and yeah, left with some money. She was good. She's alright. <laughs> so they actually tried to get him to be a spokesperson. Um, I, It's rumored. Um, Nobody ever shared how much, but it was rumored that they were offering him like $5 million. I'm actually- I'm not surprised he didn't take it, and I'm kind of surprised because he really wasn't sure if he could turn his reputation around yeah. at the time. I also think he could have never overcame it had he accepted that. He could have ever went back to the golfing game. 13 years later, I don't know that many people these days remember that about Tiger Woods. I, I, at all. And even though he's starting to come back into prominence in golf, like he's literally right. being invited back to some of these major tournaments and everything— it until we talked about it here that had left my mind yeah sorry <laughs> yeah. tiger woods i know i know hey listen though i <laughs> hate to bring up your past he i hope that they are amicable at this point but that did get a little messy <laughs> i mean i don't it would be hard for me to be amicable <laughs> it's true. to be honest well if someone wrote you a check for a hundred million dollars you would probably figure out how to be amicable <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> That is true. So 2014, so we're up about four years. We are now up to 22 million. That's an astronomical growth. That's just insane. This company is on fire. Yeah. And I really do think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that you now have handheld personal devices. Laptops are becoming a thing more and more as we start to move into this, you know, mid 2000s. And people did have their own personal computers and you did have privacy and passwords and, you know, social media was a big thing. I think 2012-ish is when I joined Facebook. So 2014, I'm fully into Facebook and Instagram at this point. Yeah. My other thing is this feels like the predecessor to like a Tinder, Grindr. Yes. All of that, right? Like I know like a Match.com, those things had it existed, but this is playing on the more primal parts of humanity right those websites were geared in all of their marketing even still today you see a match.com ad and it's very much like look how many marriages that we've put right. together look how many long-term relationships how many divorces so there is a part of this that's really smart they're just like people here's the thing people have sex people like sex even people that have been married for a long time like sex so let's just lean into this and and be unabashed about it like I mean, it, just it's brazen working, right it, and it's, it's working. working and it's 20 million users in a insanely short period so. yeah i was gonna say it's it's just astronomical and like any company right they want to go public but they're having a problem finding a bank to underwrite them because, again, they're considered sin stock. And so they're conservative USA. Is the Banks are turning them down left and right. What the good old capitalist USA isn't enjoying this particularly capitalist venture? No. Yeah. So it's funny. So they actually have to look in the direction of London. And so I guess that stock exchange is much more mainstream yeah. than conservative US. It's a Canadian-based company. So they have the whole 
you know, that's right. The whole world, really, that they could go through any type of market. Do you think Canada was as nice and as kind as those people tend to be as a population? Like snubs their nose at this. They're like, "Ooh, I can't believe we're associated with Ashley Madison." Yes, <laughs> I I do wonder about that. I did think it's funny that it's probably the first time that the U.S. was considered more moral than England. <laughs> They're looking to go mainstream as they continue through 2015, still looking to find the right investors, the right banks, right, the right team. On July 12th, 2015, the office employees would arrive to work like any other day. They would get coffee, open up their laptops and begin their day. There was a message which locked down all of their computers and it said, quote, we are the impact team. We have taken over all systems in your entire office, all customer databases, financial records, and emails. Shutting down Ashley Madison will cost you, but failure to act will cost you more. We will release all customers' secret sexual fantasies, nude pictures, real names, and addresses. Avid Life Media will be liable for fraud and extreme harm to millions of users. Could you imagine going into work and opening your computer, just thinking you're having a normal day and some hacking group has taken over I like and threatening to release everything? I mean, you can only assume, right, that people were panicked. It's funny, their CSO, and I think he still works for the company, he said everything was calm. There was no panicking. He said there wasn't any ransom. It really was a moral play from the hackers. And, oh, and this is probably some, like, conservative media group that yeah, has gotten together to, to do this. He's like, they don't want to ransom. They want us to shut it down. And we were like, meh, we're not going to shut down. The company immediately took the stance that they were not going to shut their website down. I imagine that it's probably more panic than, like, pure, eh, everything's fine. I At least... At the individual level, I cannot believe for a second that there weren't people panicking. Like, oh, for in the, sure. In the boardroom. What's going to happen with your job? Like, I can imagine sitting down in a room of other executives and them being like, okay, we could freak out or we could realize that this is just some power play. Right. So I'm sure, it, like, in some professional sense, that was true. But you asking me to believe that there weren't some people at that company that were melting the fuck down. Because you can guarantee if people are working at that kind of company, some of those people that work there are also customers. Right. So I'm like, you. I know some people were freaking the fuck out. <laughs> also, like, this would be a true crime podcast if we didn't tell you that there was something for people to be freaking out about. Of course. Right? Because maybe if you were like this really like secure company and you did offer full delete and you weren't worried about your customers informations making it like mainstream public yeah then sure be calm don't be worried about anything if somebody said to me oh my gosh i'm gonna release something i'd be like okay cool i don't have nothing to hide go ahead and fucking release it now if somebody were like hey i'm gonna release yours and your best friend's text messages i'd be like oh fuck how much, what can I pay? I will yeah, what, turn, what do you need? What do you need? <laughs> I will turn every social media off because I know that I'm talking some type of shit about somebody in there that's, that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> okay, fine. No, you know. I know. It's weird. <laughs> I can't believe it. So, right. I think that there's probably something more that people are probably a little panicky about. I'm sure they're trying to put on a strong face to even just publicly yeah because they've been holding this kind of brazen position 
And so then you've got to just hold that line. You just have to be like, we're not going to be intimidated by people whose conservative beliefs, whether religious or not, don't align with ours. Those right. aren't our customers. That's not who we're trying to advertise to. Right. So I, I get their posturing, but I don't believe it. And then also think about in 2002, when that company started 21 years ago, right? Seems like a lifetime ago for like most of us. Like we were, we were. I was a baby. Yeah, I was barely an adult. Where when this hack happens, it's in 2015. So like that feels like just yesterday to me. Because it was only eight years ago. Yeah, because it was very much in this world right now where we did see hacks happen. Where we did see big financial companies. Now, this is a tech company, right? It's a media company, but we did see big companies fall in the early, in the 2009-ish, 2010s. I just want to draw the line, a delineation too. I know I do this sometimes, but I just think it's worth mentioning. And I think it's good for people to hear other perspectives on this. No one at like a grinder, which is like a gay hookup site, would be ashamed of this. Part of what makes this so shameful is is because it's these straight couples, right? And it's, I get it. And at the same time, I'm just sitting here like shaking my head like, I I don't know. There is a part of me that appreciates that there are some parts of our culture that have just accepted that sex happens. Right. It's a, re, it's a thing. And it, I don't... I don't know that everyone should be proud of that. I'm not sure that you should be proud of having an affair. I don't I don't think you should be. And just trying to say that it's a very normal thing and that depending on which circle you're in, I think some people would have been very scared of a leak like this. And then, you know, maybe some people from my community would be like, I mean, that kind of sucks, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can definitely feel that there's probably people out there who are like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe and then there's some of the Ashley Madison people that are like, well, that's, yeah. that's not ideal. That's going to suck. Like that conversation's going to suck. And um, maybe it needed to happen. Yeah. And and there's definitely some some heads that will roll. So we'll we'll definitely talk through probably ones who had a little bit more problem with it. But I want to introduce Brian Krebb. Okay. So he is a cybersecurity investigator. And he's not just any investigator. He is like highly respected, probably one of the best cybersecurity investigators. And he's an investigative journalist, too. A week after the hack at Ashley Madison, Brian is contacted by the impact team with links to the information that they had gathered. And as he begins to investigate it, he confirms that it's legitimate and that Ashley Madison has indeed had a hack to their private systems, which what was released to him was all the cell phone numbers for every employee. Yeah. So Brian was- That's getting real. Yeah. Brian was able to call- I take back what I said (laughs) a second ago, like, because- that's getting personal mm-hmm. to the employees. Some of these employees might not even be customers. That's right. messed up. Yeah, they're definitely... They're just in that to make a living. <laughs> yep. Like... And Brian was able to call Noel Biederman and like validate this information seems accurate and that they had definitely been breached. Uh-huh. He puts out a big story on a Sunday night to let the world know what was going on because he's such a highly respected and so experienced that mainstream media picks up this report and they start sharing Brian's scoop and it starts to become national actually not just national international news at this point that impact has sent a threatening message to Ashley Madison and said that they're going to release their information so impact gave Ashley Madison a month to respond and time was ticking away so again remember that full delete option that we talked about earlier Ashley Madison was making a lot, a lot of money off that. 
And apparently, even though it was advertisement, wait for it, wait for it. It didn't actually delete all your information. Sure doesn't, because <laughs> once it's on the internet, it's there forever. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to freeze. You know, one of the things that they did to try to recover was to freeze the fee for the delete function. That doesn't really delete, but okay. The company felt like they were doing everything they could do to try and minimize the effect without actually shutting down the website. Yeah. So they felt like, yes, they had definitely let down their customers, that they definitely did not secure their information in the right way. So it wasn't just the full delete. It was the fact that they had not secured their information. So it's rumored that they felt like a previous employee who was very high up as far as the information security is concerned, had left disgruntled about something, maybe hadn't been paid something. And that person's access to important information inside the infrastructure had never been shut down. And so they felt like that is how the impact team was getting into this information. But again, like that is part of their job. They're, they are a media company. They are a technology it's, it reminds me it's of like Theranos, right? It is your, it is up to you to be honest about where you are. That's right. If you're sprouting out here that you are keeping everybody's information, that you're super secure, all of these things, then you better back it. That's and right. And if you don't, there are legal ramifications to that. And so like that's the piece, that is one of the pieces of it. There's another piece that happens that's definitely not legal. That makes sense to me. You, as a customer, when I come on, and especially when you're making me sign all of this like privacy policy and do all of that shenanigans, I have a general expectation that when I sign up for any service, right. it doesn't have to be Ashley Madison, Netflix. When I sign up for Netflix, I have My a, private information is private. I have a reasonable expectation that you're not going to be willy-nilly just handing out my information to another random customer in Botswana. Right. Like, you can't do that. And I think that is acceptable for me as a customer to expect. So I see why that's a problem for Ashley yeah. Madison. And like, you, have a, you have a responsibility to secure your systems. And probably not going to jail, right? Like, I don't I don't think nah. it's – but it is something that it you can be sued. It will end jobs, though, and you will be sued. Yeah, that's right. You can, you can be sued. It could ruin your life in some other ways. We're, we're not quite to Elizabeth Holmes' level, but – we're definitely we're also we're definitely not telling the capital T truth. No. They felt like they've definitely let down their customers. On August 18th, the hackers fulfilled their promise and began releasing information on the dark web with a torrent file. For any of you who have never used a torrent file, the great thing about a torrent file is that you, it allows you to both share and distribute the information at an insane rate yes. too. You can download a ton of information and you can share it and, and it's it's like the, a community almost. Let me just give you a few highlights from the release. Here's some good scandal um, yeah. things. I just also, like, where was the impact team for Epstein's Black? That's all I'm just saying. There are, or for like Elizabeth Holmes, like where, where were these people coming in and like, you're focusing all this energy on what two consenting adults are doing, and there are other things that you could be using your powers for to really uncan some actually illegal shit. Yeah, <laughs> so. I did. I did kind of laugh that we're still waiting on Epstein's full list of yep. <laughs> people. The whole thing with this release is that you could actually search through the database for your spouse's email address to see if they had an account, and among those 
email addresses. There was two do- two dozen Vatican addresses, so definitely some people in the Vatican. Um, I'm at shocked. least, yeah, at least two assist- U.S. assistant attorneys. Jeez. Um, Josh Duggar, as if he needed any more bad press. So, for any of you who maybe not know, he is one of the nineteen and plus children that was on TLC's reality. Nineteen TV. kids and counting. Yeah, right? nineteen kids and counting. Actually, Duggar might be on a future episode of this podcast because I want to do it. I want to get into that. That's some messed up shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, there is a lot of things at play there besides just that. But Duggar actually, he really had some bad press going on. They had just released information that he had been involved in a sexual assault when he was younger. And that had just come out just a few months prior. He also was involved in politics and was running on like a you know, purity of course. platform. Of course. I just think in general, no matter how I feel about any of this stuff, none of you should be running on a platform of perfection because you're going to fail every single time and someone is going to find something about you. The platform that you should be running on is like, listen, I'm trying to be a good fucking human being and I want to continue to make good-ish decisions that help the majority of us. That's the fucking platform that you should run on. That's right. Not that I'm perfect and you should be perfect. It's I, it's always been insane to me because it's always the people screaming the loudest about yes. we, need, we need to be following, you know, in this case, I know it was God's will, but whatever your shtick yeah. is, whatever your cup of tea is, the people that are pushing that the hardest are probably the people that have the most to hide. Right. So, yes. Just saying. 15,000 accounts tied to the U.S. government and military. It actually was so talked about that the White House had to release a press release about it. Now, they never said who all was involved, but I think the most shocking one and probably the biggest one that had impact was, yep, you guessed it, CEO Noel Biederman. His account and emails were released where it was found out that not only did it appear that he was having a long-time affair, but also was regularly sending requests for sex workers, more often, more than one at one time. And there was also, like, some gross things about how he wanted them to appear to be young. Okay. It doesn't mean that they were young. It just meant that he wanted them to be really, really gross after you just made horrible jokes and PR campaigns about somebody. If anyone, come on, dude. You should have been smarter. You should have known better. Like, you were not running on a purity platform. You should have known that you were going to get busted. I, uh... So, okay. While I think that's horrible, I actually think the next thing is even worse. So, worse than his involvement in this was his involvement in a potential app called What's Your Wife Worth? Where you can score women's pictures based on their attractiveness. Like, that's truly disgusting. That's trash. Honestly, like, okay, the long-time affair I probably wouldn't have gotten over. Because I think we've had that conversation. Like, you loved somebody? No. Yeah, as soon as you catch feelings, yeah. then we've got a thing that we need to talk about for me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be pissed at the other thing. We might be able to talk through it. Yeah. You catch feelings. There's nothing to talk through. Yeah. I might be <laughs> mad at both, but I'm definitely mad that you loved somebody else. Because again, like I have to be number one and you have to love me more than you love anyone else. I know it's a weird, like I know it's my own thing, but it's definitely my thing. And like, I'm very honest about it. I think No one who's people... in a relationship with me doesn't know that they have to love me most. Well, and I think with your spouse, especially like, I think that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah. I do. Like- 
I I well, love Thomas the most. I may love some other people, but I love him the most. And, <laughs> so. and like that's a past present future thing, right? Yeah. So whoever you loved in your past, you love me more. Some of these people who have unrequited first loves and something happened to them and they're like, oh, I don't know if I'll ever. I love you differently. No, 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 no. I said you love me most. Not differently. That's not the same thing. Okay. I think I think we might need some counseling for that one. But, but I was mostly with it's you. It's a lot to unpack. <laughs> it is. There's a lot to The sex workers here. would be, no, but truly, like when I was trying to put myself in that position, forgiving the sex workers would be easier than the long time yes. affair for me. Yeah. It would. I can't get through that you have this other life that you didn't deign to bring me into. That's hard. That's really difficult. Yeah, being so gross to like score so women's pictures and to actually think that you're going to be involved in something like this. I don't know. That's really gross, especially with kids. And I don't That part of it is just. That's trashy. Yeah. That's gross. It's icky. Here's the other big illegal thing that Ashley Madison did that got them into a lot of trouble. As part of their data breach, they figure out of the roughly million advertised female users that only 12,000 of them had actually had more than like a one-time conversation. They weren't active users. Out of 5.5 million females, let's break this down, only 12,000 had more than one conversation with anyone on there. And they do a little bit more research and they realize that actually almost all of those 12,000 that had had multiple conversations, they were bots. They were bots pretending to be women. And users definitely would kind of catch on that a lot of, that most of the conversations they were having were bots. That's a fucking lie. You cannot do that. You are literally tricking people. Again, like not going to jail, lie. Not going to prison. But they pr- think they're talking prison, to a real person and they're But they not. think they're talking to a real person. They ha- or excuse me. They think they're talking to a real person and they've paid to talk to a real person because sure again- have. Men are paying for this service. Usually with that extra fee for the full delete. Right. (laughs) And they're actually not talking to a woman at all. So a lot of lawsuits broke out because of the hack. A lot more break out because of this chatbot scandal. From this breach and from the chatbot information, Noel would have to step down. Like that that's just a given. He would have to step down from the CEO. They would have to settle many lawsuits in line with this hack and with the chatbot thing. It actually only ended up being about $11.2 million. So they got off very light. It's a slap on the wrist yeah. for a company that big. 22 million subscribers. like Yeah, yeah they, they got off very light. Noel Biederman really went quiet for a while. He's currently listed as the CEO company for, it's called Avenue Insights. And he's a cryptocurrency expert. And surprisingly enough, out of all the things, He's still married. No. Yeah. Still married. And honestly, surprising enough, in 2023, the company is still actually alive and active. They rode the storm of the the hack and the bot scan, scandal. They steadfasted their position. And they said this scandal definitely tarnished the trust between us and the subscribers. But we took new security protocols. We did a mass deletion of all the fake female accounts, the fembots, and they really pushed some of the things that they had been advertising. You know, again, technology had changed a lot since 2002, so they probably actually were able to put in a lot of this stuff. We talked a little bit about this with Theranos. Like, had technology been able to advance enough, she might not have gotten caught, right? Over time, 
if the technology was fast enough to advance, she might have been able to escape by and been like, well, I was lying the first 10 years, but now I'm not lying because technology's here. Yeah. I think that's what happened with Ashley Madison is they finally did have the technology to do this full delete. They were able to, to pay enough money to make sure that everything was secure and they apologized and moved on. And like they said from the beginning, people are going to cheat. This gives them a place to do it. It was a great lesson learned and, and on they moved. And the company is still like thriving. I So I just looked up Noel Biederman. Number one, he's worth $40 million. He's very yeah. successful. He's and not I'm sure, hurting. I'm sure that's after paying a ridiculous amount of legal fees. He's left fairly unscathed by this. As they normally are. As they normally are. And the company's still in business. And by the way, doing pretty well from what I'm seeing on here. It is not hurting for subscribers. No. So. Yeah, I want to think it's back up to like 19 million, something like that. Yeah. And of course, they said that they deleted all of the fake accounts. So I have, I know, probably some like controversial views on this that I also don't expect the general public to espouse so like I know that they're mine it's probably the thing that people ask me the most about when people talk to me about the podcast it's always our views on and I shouldn't say because sometimes we're not aligned yeah on our often on the views especially around affairs and things like that yeah but it's so funny people always will ask me about your specific viewpoint on this so can I like go on a slight diatribe So there was, and she gave a TED Talk once upon a time that was about this. Her name's Esther Perel. She's a French psychologist, and she does a lot of talks, education, treatment with clients around sexuality. And I love this. It's also in line with the book Sapiens. It's really, really cool. A a well-written historic account of modern mankind, but that doesn't feel like a textbook. Like it's written in kind of a story format. And I think you've all, and Esther Perel, a lot of her philosophy aligns with this. The general philosophy being that for most of our human development, there was no such thing as one partner. Through most of our development of human history, a woman literally would not know which man got her pregnant. Like, in fact, what we thing happened from looking at this is they in fact thought that they got pregnant by all of them but also that led to it it literally took a village to raise this baby multiple mothers and fathers were involved in the rearing of this they very much raised children in small communities right so esther perel more modernly just talks about sexuality in the sense of it is only recently and it's a very puritanical very religious thing that has happened as as theology has become a, a driving force in humanity that we expect one person in our life to be all of these things. We expect them to be our sole source of sex. We expect them to be our best friend. We expect them to be our partner. We expect them to be our spouse. And I would argue those two things are different, spouse and partner, right? Those are two roles that often overlap, like a Venn diagram, but they are different. We did not used to expect all of those things of one person. We didn't. We used to have a general acceptance that those needs would be met by a community of people. And while I don't personally agree with Ashley Madison and the concept of it, there's a part of me that's it's such a human thing. 
programmed into us at a genetic level to want sex because that's the way our genetic progeny gets passed on. Personally, for me, the idea of the site, while they're being a little um, brazen with it and risque and really being on the nose, they're also sinking into something that is just very true about us. It's just true. And I get frustrated at the demonization of that. Even if I don't choose to personally partake in it, I very much believe in people's right and ability to pursue those things as long as you're doing it in an integrous manner. Like, if you're being honest with everyone in the room about it, go do whatever floats your boat kind right. of thing, including this. Yeah. And there's a part of me that even has some respect for Biederman. He's still with his wife. You know what? Because he and his wife probably had some adult conversations about this. Right. And they probably have an arrangement that allows them to do that. And for me, I'm like, if that's what works for the consenting adults in this situation, then more power to you. I, for me, the parts of this case, and I said at the beginning, parts of this case that really get me was the failure of the company to protect their clients' right. information and data. That's a big no-no. You you fucked up and you deserved to get slapped with that. It and then lying, yes. advertising to me that I was talking to another human when I wasn't. But my my two points, if I could quickly condense them, is sex is not something to be ashamed of. Like, I get so sure. sick of it. And the, the big part is, like, have conversations with your partner about it. I don't think that part is the bad part here. I think there's a real problem that we're starting to see in skyrocketing divorce rates and all of this with putting all of that pressure on one person in your life. And the company's still fucked up. It's cool to see that they made amends for the actual policy parts they broke. Right. Yeah. I, I think my whole thing is that swingers, for example, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about swingers. Not my thing. Definitely can see where people like that thing. I also think in that situation, everyone is a consenting adult, right? Everyone is on the up and up of what is happening. Yeah. When you have two people who are separately married, right, and they're choosing to have an affair with their And they haven't had those adult conversations. And they haven't had those adult conversations, right? There's a spouse in there on opposite sides who are going to feel very betrayed, hurt. There there are ramifications to those actions. Whatever real life ramifications. Right. And you need to be okay with that. So it's interesting, like I, I kind of joke like, oh, I maybe I could forgive it as long as it wasn't love or whatever. It's funny because when I was 20, I didn't feel that way. If you had an affair or you did something like that with somebody else, I would have divorced you or I wouldn't have wanted to be with you. Like 20-year-old Michael the same, right, for sure. Very hurtful um, things. But like over time, being married, being divorced, being remarried, having children, realizing that even an a like nice quote unquote nice divorce can really rock somebody's life so before you decide to you know break up a marriage break up a family and do all the things let's really think about is there a way to repair and human beings make mistakes we're we're not perfect we are we do make mistakes and sometimes people really do come back from those mistakes sometimes people really are sorry it's not always the case, but sometimes people are sorry. Marriage is complicated. Relationships are complicated. People are complicated. So while I don't think affairs on the face are right, the right thing to do, I do think that there's a lot of complicated feelings and reasons that go around it. And it's not black and white. And it shouldn't be black and white. Did anything happen 
because the other criminal part of this, you know, true prime podcast, bring it back to that. It's really fucked up that this third party company impact came in and basically stole all this information. I get that Ashley Madison didn't do their due diligence in securing it. I want to know if there were any ramifications for them. No, never found out who it was. They were never able to prosecute. It's so never, messed up. And there's a part of Never me. able to prove it. Never never able to this day. And that person that I said that was a previous employee, like that's just the rumor. But not even that was ever proven. And I feel like they probably, somewhere along the way, somebody could have proven it. My thing for you, dear listener, if I could have you look at it, is not even to change your own practice. I'm not saying make any changes in your marriage and your relationship or whatever. But looking at yourself through a lens of honesty and asking yourself, what you actually desire and not feeling shame around it. We have this conversation a lot in our household about the difference between guilt and shame. There are some things that people have done, like signing up for Ashley Madison when you haven't talked to your spouse about it first, right? that you should feel guilt for. Guilt is a beautiful tool. Guilt helps us know what's right and wrong and all of that. Guilt is, I've done a bad thing. Shame is, I am bad. I am bad. I feel when we get into conversations about sex, it quickly goes into this world of shame where the talk around it internally to ourselves amongst other people is I am bad or that person is bad. No, they've done a bad thing. They should feel guilty for it, but they are not a bad person. This case, so I know it's cool and it's kind of deep. There's a lot of meat there at yeah, the end of it. Yeah, there's. Know? I was gonna say there's a lot there. We're definitely gonna title this one. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Actually, Madison. Yeah, <laughs> um, because there is, and there's all sorts of thoughts, and I'm sure you guys will have all sorts of opinions. So please, like, tell us your thoughts. Because we did want to do something a little bit different. It's been one year. This was a good mix. Yeah. And I, I liked this. I liked, you know, a little bit of the financial crimes. We've been looking for like a good scandal or scam. But I am glad you liked it. Definitely hit us up on socials on Instagram and Facebook at NosyBees. Or if you want to email us your suggestions, your opinions, anything like that, you can do that at our email, which is NosyBeesForLife at gmail.com. That's N-O-S-E-Y-B-E-E-S, the number four, life at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And I know that we've given a lot of our unsolicited feedback, but at the end of the day, it's also important that we remember to stay kind, stay curious, but of course, stay nosy, bitches. bitches.